Hey, friends and fam, it's John, and it's time for JMarkCast, your destination for Monday morning insight about physical and financial health. Um, you're not going to believe it, but I was recording the podcast already, for, and when I went for 20 minutes and realized that none of it got recorded, there was an issue with the connection to the, to the microphone, and it just, it was completely blank. Just ridiculous. So, you know what, I'm going to try it one more time, but I'm going to run through everything way faster because... I just don't have time to <laughs> do this again. Um, well, first of all, the first thing I wanted to go over health-wise is there's a new study that came out of Harvard about how um, eating red meat is associated with diabetes. You know, it's not eating sugar and garbage that's associated with diabetes. It's red meat, the most nutrient-dense, good-for-you food that, like, promotes health. Um you don't you don't need to look too far into the study to see that it's it's complete garbage. It's an epidemiological study, not a trial study where you're actually like giving someone food. You're just, you know, sending questionnaires and asking questions and coming back and doing some data manipulation with statistics to come up with an outcome you want. But uh in that study they they define red meat or s- some of the foods that they include in the red meat category are sa- sandwiches and lasagna right there that boom that's enough you, you that's you know you know it's a garbage study and you don't need to look at it look, look into it any further okay next thing i wanted to cover is ozempic you've heard about ozempic possibly it's like this weight loss drug that people are taking and you know anytime you take a drug you got to be aware of the side effects for it right and unfortunately now they're they're trying to <laughs> the drug makers are looking to test this drug for um obese kids, six-year-olds, um, you know, because why make the, the kid actually eat healthy food to lose weight when you can just give him a drug, right? That way you have more, um, you know, clients for the drug maker, right? And and they make more money. That's good for the shareholders and everything. Um, yeah, it's not, that's not good. If you, there's a study that came out in uh, uh, this year, October 5th, just recently looking at, you know, side effects of this of this drug and it's associated so they can't say it causes it based on the study but it's associated with an increased risk risk of pancreatitis gastroparesis and bowel obstruction so pancreatitis that's redness and swelling of the pancreas that happens when the digestive juices or enzymes attack the pancreas so that's not good you don't want things attacking your pancreas gastroparesis that happens when there's delayed gastric emptying so that means your stomach's taking too long to empty its contents that's not good because when the food doesn't empty properly it forms a solid mass called a bezoar you don't want a bezoar in your stomach and then lastly bowel obstruction that happens when a small intestine or colon is partly or completely blocked blockage prevents food fluids and gas from passing through the intestines normally do any of these things sound like good things for kids to be, you know, uh, exposed to by taking this stupid Ozempic drug? No. Just no. Speaking of kids and, you know, horrible diseases that are, they're, you know, unfortunately undergoing, another one is NAFLD, non-alcoholic fatty liver disease. This is a disease that was pretty much unheard of in children just a few decades ago, but it's been just growing at a staggering rate. You know, uh, I found a, a graph with the source of its data from Trillion Health Analysis of Insurance Claim Data, and it shows data from 2017 to 2021, a percent increase in different age groups. Um, 
how like um, so it's the different age groups are from zero to seventeen, eighteen to forty four, forty five to sixty four, and sixty five plus. In all age groups, NAFLD has been going up at a staggering rate. Um, but for children zero to seventeen, it's gone up from twenty seventeen to twenty twenty one by one hundred and sixty eight percent. It's crazy. So, you know, non-alcoholic, meaning this is not caused by alcohol, but is caused by other food that they're consuming. What do you think they're consuming to cause non-alcoholic fatty liver disease? Could it be perhaps the crappy um, cereals that, you know, kids are fed, right? Cereals are part of a healthy breakfast, right? That's the messaging we're getting. They're not. They're just not. (laughs) Um, yeah, my kids have never eaten cereal unless they've had it at, you know, somebody else's house, not in my house. I don't feed my children garbage. I feed them real food. I feed them red meat and they love it. They love seeing, seeing the pinkness in in the steaks I give them. They want, they want to get the pink part. Sometimes I give them the edge piece that's been seared. They're like, no, give me the pink inside. (laughs) That's what I feed my kids and they're not fat. They're, they're never going to, while, while they're in under my, you know, um, care they're never going to develop NAFLD non-alcoholic fatty liver disease um what else what else uh okay that's that's it for health health stuff let's talk about bitcoin real quick um bitcoin update we're sitting on block height 814,405 price of one bitcoin is trading at 34,688 US dollars one US dollar will buy you 2,882 sats or satoshis Remember, sats are like the cents equivalent in Bitcoin. So if $1 subdivides into 100 cents, one Bitcoin subdivides into 100 million sats. Um, by the way, if you want to support the podcast, you can do so with sats by listening to the podcast with a podcasting 2.0 app, such as Podverse, Breeze, or Fountain. These are apps that you can find in the App Store or Google Play Store. And they have a podcast wallet associated with them, which you can used to send to the podcast you're listening to some sats they have two ways of sending you the podcaster the sats either per minute listened or as one lump sum with a message associated with it so if you do the one lump sum this is called a boostergram with the message i'll definitely read the message on the next episode and you know give you a big thanks for it but you don't have to you don't have to do that just listen to the podcast share it with friends and you can even reach out to me. Reach out at jmartfit at substack.com. All right. So uh, I um, had this messed up interaction with a friend, not a friend, an acquaintance, where um, on my Instagram stories, I, I, uh, what did I do? I shared this Toronto Star article about the potential of universal basic income coming to Canada. And I, you know, reposted the, this Toronto Star article with, you know, a caption saying like, this is clown world, this is not any good, uh, very critical of it. And uh, this acquaintance messaged me back, you know, asking me if I've read any data about, you know, potential impact of something like this, you know, do I know anything about it basically? And my response was, no, I haven't read anything, but I don't need to because this is clearly just communism rebranded. Therefore, automatically I'm against it. Um, and you know, his response is, well, isn't that poor discernment if, you know, you don't actually read anything about the topic? And I was like, no, it's, it's not poor discernment. Um, it's, uh, you know, 
some things are just obvious. Like, for example, so I gave him the example of minor attracted people. I've been seeing this online a lot. People are trying to rebrand pedophilia as minor attracted people. I was like, you know, you don't you don't need to read any anything to know that this is this is just bad, right? We this, this should be condemned. Right? I, I don't need to delve into literature to know that minor attracted people are a menace to society. And and <laughs> his response was just mind blowing to me. He goes, "Well, I haven't read much about pedophilia, to be honest. I imagine it's a pretty complicated psychological pathology." And that just blew me away. I, c- I couldn't believe he said anything like that. It's like, what the hell, dude? How can you not just simply condemn pedophilia? And, and like, it's not... anyway, we went, we did a little back and forth and he go, his basic point is just like, you know, we need to learn more about pedophilia in order to be able to stop. If we don't really understand it, it's, it's never going to end. And I'm just like, that is 100% not true. There's lots of other psychological uh, issues or even physiological ones, right? Like, uh, you know, uh, obesity or NAFLD. We know plenty about those two things and yet it's not ending. It's just going straight up, right? How come when we know more about it, <laughs> we, d- we don't actually stop it from occurring because that's not how it works. That's just simply not how it works. And yeah, I just kind of told him that he's got no ability to think from first principles and the same thing applies to UBI. You just Think from first principles. Okay, UBI is just going to give money to people to sit around and not do anything. Okay, great. That's just like what communism was, right? Like no benefit to working harder. That was communism. And so what happened? People freaking starved to death because the state wasn't able to run efficiently. And that, you know, that was the case in Soviet Russia. That was the case in communist China. That was the case in Cambodia. All these places that have had communism the communism experiment. The communism experiment has been the most deadly experiment of the 20th century. Um, yeah, you don't need to read anymore. You just open up a history book on the last hundred years. You're like, yep, communism bad. Don't need more of it. Yeah, so anyway, I stopped talking to this guy, but not that much later, not much time later, I came across this uh, clip on Instagram about a, a UBI bill coming to the Senate to to be voted on. And then I'm not sure if it has to go to the House of Commons afterwards or if it's already done that. But anyways, uh, just these people, you know, claiming that they've done studies and it shows that this is a lot better for everybody to have UBI, right? Because the population of the, I think, I think they mentioned the Vancouver area, population of homeless people has increased by 30%. Meanwhile, the total population has only increased by 3%. So we need to provide these people with universal basic income. So, you know, they're not mentioning the fact, like why the housing population has increased so greatly, right? And it has nothing to do with the crazy inflation with all the deficit spending by the liberal, liberal government, right? None of that. Um, <laughs> making housing unaffordable. Um, uh, but it's, <laughs> well, we've created this problem. Now our solution is let's throw more money at the problem. Right. So I, I didn't like hearing that obviously, or seeing that. And I posted in my Instagram stories and just said like, you know, I'm glad to enjoy, to have enjoyed this country for the decade and a half before it turned into a communist hellhole. Right. I, I we moved here in 2000. It's been 23 years. And, uh, since I moved here and, 
you know, it was good in the beginning. It was a great country. It was a while there where I thought I was proud to be a Canadian, but I'm not sure if that really still holds true, given the, the direction this country has been headed for like the, you know, since Trudeau took control really. And, but yeah, uh, yeah, in my mind, like I said already, UBI is communism, communism is death. You know, like I already said, just open up a history book and you'll see what I mean. So, um, yeah, but I, I did, I do realize that p perhaps I was a little harsh calling Canada a hellhole. So I just wrote a clarification post on my story saying that, you know, it's probably not right to call Canada a hellhole given some of the horrible events that have been happening simultaneously in other parts of the world. Thinking about Gaza in particular and all the, you know, parts of Israel where like the Hamas attacked. But, you know, let's be honest at the same time that things are headed in the wrong direction in this country. And, you know, there doesn't seem to be many rational voices that are calling for change, right? We've got, first of all, like I already mentioned at the start of the podcast, obesity and chronic diseases are skyrocketing. Our liberal government cares more about gender pronouns than actually making, you know, afford, uh, making housing affordable, right? Like I already said, the, the, the population of the... Uh, you know, homeless is growing at a staggering rate. Uh, you know, there's an insane amount of government spending going to stupid things like something no one's talking about is that stupid Arrive Can app. Remember during the pandemic, $50 million was wasted on that. Like, what the hell? You know, plus, not to mention all the spending going outside of Canada, like Ukraine. Like, why is Canadian money going to support Ukraine? You know, that's all that's driving up inflation and making the cost of living to go up. And that's why there's more homeless people. Yeah, not to mention all the, you know, government censorship that's going on. All, all the media, like, uh, you know, legacy media just being covering up for all the mistakes that the government's making and just, you know, gaslighting everyone into thinking everything's fine. <laughs> yeah. Now, basically now to top it all off, they're calling for universal basic in income. Like it's something that's just going to make all these problems even worse. So this is, I think, in my opinion, insane. And this is just not the Canada that my family immigrated to 23 years ago. And yeah, I'm not, I, I think like most likely in the next election, the conservatives are going to win and maybe Pierre Polyev is going to be the next prime minister. But I don't even think that that's going to solve anything, to be honest. Yeah, it's, it's, the solution to these issues is not through voting or more government, new politicians. The solution is through uh, opting out of the system, going for a new system. And that's Bitcoin, in my opinion. That's why I'm so passionate about it. And that's why I try to, you know, help friends and family into like learning more about it and understanding it and seeing a brighter future with it. That's why I started this podcast to begin with. So I hope uh, you can uh, hear my message and uh, look into it for yourself and opt out of the current system. All right, with that, we've come to the end of the podcast. Thank you so much for joining me again this week. I appreciate you all. Please leave a comment or send me a message at jmartfit at substack.com. You can also reach me through social media. I'm also on Noster. All the links are in the description. Love you all. Have a good week. 
Stay active and be grateful. Jay Mardell.